Welcome to Matter of Fat, a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist, shop owner, and I'm celebrating one of the first nights of open windows weather that took place last night. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Soraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Soraya. I'm a fat multiracial Minneapolitan millennial who saw one singular leaf fall. So I am declaring that autumn has officially arrived. (laughs) On Matter of Fat, we're here to talk about the cultural politics of fat liberation with a Midwest perspective. I assume y'all already know the drill, but you know what they say. So just in case you don't know, this is a fattish episode where we dish and we're fat. So we talk about personal updates and it's all just inherently through that fat liberation lens. Um, Pretty neat. Yes, very neat. And just so you know, we'll have another full episode next time, of course, full of dirt and discourse and an interesting interview uh, ready for you in two weeks. But uh, until then, let's get into all of this as a matter of fact. Right. Let's start it off with just some personal updates. And I think one that's a personal and shared update is a a delightful little circumstance that happened recently, Uh which involved us and our matter of fat assistants going out to our first in-person like meeting slash dinner slash moment. And it was everything. It was so great. So our assistant, Lindsay, was the coordinator of it all. Lindsay, you know, reached out to everyone, figured out where to go and when to go and all of that, which was a true delight for us. Soraya did not have to yeah. like be the logistics of it all. Um, So shout out to Lindsay for managing all of that. And then, yeah, we went to Barbette in Uptown and it was just this lovely outdoor dining moment. And the first time the five of us have been together ever in real life. Yeah, I actually haven't met two of our assistants IRL before. So that was amazing. And I'd worked with, you know, Lindsay for over like two years, I guess we could say right now. So it was just, it was (laughs) surreal. I'm still having those moments with people when I get together and be like, is this real life? Are we all just sitting here like (laughs) having a wine, having a charcuterie board? Like, is this all happening? And it was, and it was so delightful. It was really fun to just check in with everybody because we do team meetings kind of consistently. um, But this just felt so much more. I don't have a good word for it, but uh, I think that was just a really lovely moment um, of connectivity. Yeah. Especially when I feel like, uh, I don't know, I might have to pump the brakes on that coming up soon with just the way those numbers, those yeah. COVID numbers are yeah. going. So that's the mm-hmm. truth. But goodness, it was just such a true treat to be with everyone in real life instead of like on our Zoom screens. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also like the weather was good. The food was nice. The the ambiance was lovely. It was just like a really good evening. Mm-hmm. So what a natural way for us to kick this off with just a, a nice, pleasant moment. I hope y'all are having nice, pleasant moments with people in your life. Um, love love to see it. Love to have it. Yeah. Um, but I'm wondering, okay, so that was, do we have any other mutual updates? Mutual updates? I don't think so. I did. We, we got together once, didn't we? <laughs> right? <laughs> 
That's where we're at. Did, did we? Yeah, I came over did with we? snacks and we talked. Oh, we did. We did a little. Oh, my so, gosh. Yes. yes. So previously, I mean, before the pandemic, Soraya and I would always meet in person whenever we were writing or, of course, when we were recording, you know. But now we do all of it virtually. Um, so even for us, it's kind of a treat when we get together in real life to to work on stuff. And I think we were meeting, yeah, to like brainstorm some things and yeah. get some writing mm-hmm. done. Um, and that was really nice. It was. Also, Kat is, like, if y'all don't know this already, like, snack game is on point. I'm a Taurus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I just, sure, sure. But it was, I can't believe my memory's so bad at this point that I didn't even remember. Like, I had an inkling, but I couldn't actually, like, conceive of what we did. But it was so nice. We hung out uh, on the rooftop of my building and just wrote and brainstormed and schemed a little bit mm-hmm. and it was really lovely so yeah good time yeah that was good nice time. yeah it was nice to see you in real life again gosh we're so and then actually Lindsay came into the shop with her mom recently <gasps> cute. the same cute. the same week as we did the thing so I was like oh my god Lindsay I got to see you twice in a week whoa I think it was the same week or just like you know in quick succession I got to see her twice so yeah it's been oh it's just always such a such a delight to to see folks in real life Life and have like work time or hang time in real life when it's so often virtual. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the shop. I think you should give us some updates. On oh, the shop. yeah. Thanks for asking. There's a lot of updates to be shared. Um, I guess the first thing is that uh, I hired new staff members. So Ooh. we hired three new people and they're all so cool and so great and just... Man, I'm so excited to work with all of them. And I should also say, like, we had really excellent people apply to. There were so many just just as lovely folks who we weren't able to extend offers to who were who were fantastic, too. So that whole process was, you know, any kind of hiring process is a lot to manage. So yeah, it was like a, mm-hmm. a, a bit of work. Um, so it's really nice for that to be to be kind of completed and for us to have these three super cool folks who are joining the team with Pasashia and I. That's awesome. Oh, so exciting. So exciting. And the reason or like the the push for me to really get the team back to a, you know, not just a duo is that we're going to be open more starting in September. So my shop, Cake Plus Size Resale, um, is going to be back. Well, actually, we had only ever been open five days a week, but in starting in September, starting September 1st, we'll be open six days a week. Um which feels really like good and exciting and um like a I don't know, a sign that we're getting back to kind of the the pace we were at before. Um, and, you know, it's always so interesting when like you make decisions like that. They're called like projections, I guess. Like, OK, so like how much are we going to how much more money are we going to make that'll allow me to like hire these people for open this many days and blah, 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 you know, all of those things. And with that always comes a bit of like nervousness on my part. Like, you know, okay, here's what I think Mm. is going to happen, but what's really going to happen though. I will say I had this sort of like, aha, the other day when I was kind of going over a bunch of this stuff in my mind, you know, there have been several times throughout the last four years that I've had to, and actually before that, cause you know, I've been selling clothes online for, for what feels like forever, (laughs) uh, like seven or eight years. Um, but you know, for me, I've had to make a lot of these projections or like educated guesses about what will work before. And I'm usually right. So I'm I'm carrying that energy into this. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be good. So mostly almost exclusive excitement and a little bit of like, oh, let's see what happens. Um, also to like 
Will people feel like shopping six days a week in a store in the fall in this United States of America with the Delta variant doing its thing? You know, like there are those kind of things out of my control, too. So being thoughtful about that, but also really hopeful um, and excited for what's to come this fall. Yeah, I mean, the projections of it all. I was just thinking a crystal ball would be really nice. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Also, I'm just excited to hear like forward momentum for you you. because that's like very much who you are as a person. And I know the pandemic has halted a lot of that. So regardless of where it goes, it's fun to see this moment and like see the cake family grow a little bit oh yeah it's so nice to see our our team get bigger um and i you know like my goal is that it will just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and we'll have more and more and more (laughs) locations and there'll be more and more and more happening and i think that that can be a reality it's just like we're just saying it's just like there's a lot of unknowns specifically right now in this moment in our lives yeah Well, I got to say that I am a huge fan of work teams. And I say that is like a slight segue that I have been spending way more time with some of my coworkers, like outside of work even. Yeah, like work friends. I actually really like the people I work with. And it's been so fun to hang out with them outside of work and just like catch up on life stuff. And I forgot that that was a thing that I used to do before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But um now it's even like more meaningful, like people that I haven't truly seen in person in over a year and just like getting to meet their partners and getting to know more about their lives. And it's just like really delightful. So I am here. I mean, you know, I love a good friendship oh, yes. in media, yes. in our relationship. Yes. In like literally every yeah. way we're here for the friendship so moment. Workplace yes. friendship, very into it. But Please. I just got to say like, uh, it's so nice to be able to just connect and like want to keep connecting and treasuring, I think, those relationships in those moments before. Because I think previously happy hours would happen all the time and they just felt like kind of like fun, but also one more thing to have mm-hmm, to do, mm-hmm. one more thing to have to fit in. And now it's just like, oh, I'm elated to spend time with you because it's so few and far between mm-hmm. and like more carefully organized because we want it to be safe. We want it to be comfortable for everyone. So just very into that lately. But um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a perfect segue from what you were talking about. Oh my about. gosh, it was Maybe absolutely it was. perfect. I love that. That's so that's so sweet. And you know, Soraya, you kind of alluded to this in your intro, I think, and I um, mentioned it with the shop stuff, but like pandemic life, it feels like things might be, or not your intro, you mentioned this when we, you talked about, we talked about our gathering um, with our yeah. team. I don't know. It feels like things are maybe making another turn. And so like, I'm wondering how you're feeling about all of that and like how we've talked a bit about this, but like how are you making it through? Oh my goodness. I asked somebody else that the other day. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was like <laughs> fair. Okay. And also something I have been thinking a lot about because yeah. even if it isn't the pandemic piece, like winter is coming. Yeah. My friends, oh my gosh. And like not in just the Game of Thrones. Oh my way, but it feels more real wow. than ever before where it's like, I didn't even, yeah, it's oh, going to wow. be hard. Yeah. That's real. Like I, I did, declared it. Oh, you declared it. And whereas I'm looking forward for fall, I honestly, until you just mentioned that, I hadn't really thought about like, Sorry. oh, 
oh, it's going to be snowing in a couple months. Oh. <laughs> I know. Wow. I am I am a Capricorn, so I must bring up the reality mm-hmm. yep. of it all. Um, yep. and, but also preparing for it. So, like, your question right. has been very much on my mind in anticipation for how hard, like, last winter felt yeah. for me. So I am doubling down on, like, being okay uh-huh. <laughs> in any way shape or form possible and what that has looked like granted it looks like something different for everybody um really very much into therapy i know i've mentioned that before yes. and i feel like almost every podcast host oh talks yeah about therapy at least the podcast i listen to but it's just um so good so helpful to work through some things um also i actually got prescribe some uh depression meds so like that's super helpful anti-anxiety beds so exploring with that Mm -hmm. which sounds kind of more salacious than it is but um just like wow life is already pretty hard and it'll always be you know challenging and have its moments but why have it be harder than it needs to and like trying to advocate for myself and figure out how to alleviate some of those things i gotta say sleep Uh, I've been trying to sleep more, get like some good sleep hygiene, which like has never been a good thing for me. Um, But lately it has. Last night it wasn't. And I will tell you why Okay, and I this Um, is during our media. Also an allusion to like or to uh, what I imagine we'll talk about later. But I was going to say now that you finished Criminal Minds, I bet it's easier for you to get to sleep on time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was I held off on Criminal Minds for so Mm -hmm. long that that wasn't even an issue. I was watching other things. Got it. But now it's over. It's all over. It is completed. Yes. (laughs) Oh my god, it's that's a problem. Um, But okay, another thing that I've just been loving, but like maybe has to end eventually, is that you actually gave me a gift certificate for a massage a couple years ago. And I. From Julie and I finally got to cash it in and now I have like a monthly massage with Julie and it's just like the she's best thing incredible. ever. She's amazing. I don't know so how she does good. it. I mean she's got a lot oh, of Oh yeah she's been doing it like 30 years so she's just like a real pro. Oh my gosh she's just yeah incredible. Um, I don't know if anybody else thinks about this when they're working with anybody. It could be like a chiropractor, massage therapist, a doctor but I'm like could this person just like incapacitate me because they know exactly how the human <laughs> oh body? Oh my god, Soraya! I mean, I'm sure any what? of them could. And also, I've never thought that one time—not <laughs> once. Really, you've watched all of Criminal Minds and you haven't thought that once. I mean, it's like if I think Minds- I think I'm the more normal hey, one in this instance. If Criminal dear. Minds has taught me anything, it's that like fat people don't get kidnapped or tortured. So I, I, I say that they I, are the aggressors, the aggressors only exclusively. exclusively. And I, I'm saying that like in this in silliness. I know that's like not actually true. Um, but if we were to make conclusions based on that show and that show alone, it would be only only thin people who ever have anyone attack them ever hmm. some food for thought my dude some food for thought i guess um, sorry that i keep bringing yeah. this up i'm so like i'm just listening you to myself like this is all i'm talking about oh i'm so sorry okay massages <laughs> you're still in deep I mean, it's got you in its, it's clutches it's gripping me still even though I'm, you gotta shake oh my it God. up okay i need to you gotta let ooh, it go. especially for the purpose of this podcast i need to not bring this up as much um, <laughs> this is not a criminal minds <laughs> no. podcast, okay everybody. Sorry. Um, back to massages and you think of how people might incapacitate you? 
<laughs> no, let's go how I'm going to be okay. okay. Maybe I let's will stop thinking about yeah. that. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I, I don't have all the answers. I'm just saying, folks, if you haven't been thinking about what it takes to feel okay, and like I know that's a big ask in light of everything that's going on, like I just encourage you to find some things now before the weather hits. That's a good call. So that we that's can a good call. Hunker down and feel slightly better. And you know, <laughs> than usual. right. I don't have as many um, words of wisdom in that regard as you do, but I will mention something that I think fits in that scope is like taking time off work, um, and I'm mm. really excited. So um, yeah, I have a week off coming up, and actually, it's a little more than a week, and I do have some work to get done, but the shop is closed, so. I really truly have like several days of of time to just like do what I want and it feels very exciting. That sounds lovely. And also I think just very appropriate to mention like what is our relationship to work? I have so many people in my work life and in, in my personal life who are making huge changes yeah. whether they're leaving work completely, they're burnt out so they're taking leave um or just like contemplating a change because what is it? They call it the great resignation. Yeah, I was going to say, like, nationally, right this is a huge trend. It's likely that it's impacting you, dear listener. And if it's not, like, just know that you are in good company either way, I guess, yeah. because everybody's just trying to figure out their priorities these days mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and trying to survive. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, what else is new with you, Soraya? Oh, you want to mention NLC, huh? Yeah, New Leaders Council applications are open. So if you, if we're talking about big changes and you are thinking like, hmm, I want to be more involved or I want to learn more about politics or like maybe changing sectors or just be with a network of really wonderful folks from different backgrounds who are interested in like, I guess it's it's termed like progressive leadership, but that's such a wide umbrella mm. and like such an interesting word. So I would say like if you're interested, maybe you've heard us talk about it before, maybe you're not, but there is a leadership institute uh, the new, Twin Cities New Leaders chapter or council chapter hosts every year. And so applications for 2022 are now open. Um, just check it out. Just type in New Leaders Council on Google or private message us. And I'll, I can link get you the app, I'll link it. I'll link it too in the show notes. Also, I I feel like I need to tell the people, when I say I'll link it in the show notes, I will provide the links, but Soraya writes the show notes every single episode, and I feel like (laughs) by me saying, I'll link it, it makes it seem like I do all the show notes. No, 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 no. Soraya does the show notes for every episode. I copy and paste them onto the website because I make the website stuff, and then I just put a bunch of links in there. So I will link it to the show notes that are written by Soraya. (laughs) It's the same amount of effort, honestly, that goes into you know, each one. And those show notes don't look, y'all, but they've gotten real short over Which time. I think short and sweet <laughs> is great. I just felt the need to to say, to say tell the people um, that it is truly a collaborative effort. But I will link to the NLC app. Um, it's due shortly after this episode comes out, I think September 2nd or 3rd, right? Third. third. Yep. September um, third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is an organization that I just wholeheartedly believe in as well. Um, and Saray and I both took part in, I mean, at separate times, um, the NLC Institute. You get together and you get inspired and excited about the world. And okay, if we're going to talk about things that like help you stay um, okay, yeah. I would say NLC was huge for me during the pandemic. Um, after the murder of Mr. Floyd, because it was like felt so hopeless, but to know actual people in the community who are actively 
working in their different sectors mm-hmm. to make the world a better place um, gave me a lot of hope yeah. and helped me feel yeah. a lot less alone in it all. So there and, you go. There's another one. On a social one. level, you know, when I was – I was part of a cohort in 2015, so a while ago. And one of the things that they mentioned – this is when I was still living in Louisiana. Um, and something they mentioned was like, yeah, it's like pre-screened friends because like we all apply. And it truly oh, is this yeah. like – it really felt like that for me because it felt like – my values. I had done a lot of, um, you know, young professional organizations. And most of them, I was just like, oh my God, I roll. What? You care about the humane society more than people? Like, oh, I just, it was clear that my values didn't align super well with a lot of people in those groups. But when I was part of NLC, I felt like the people in my cohort really cared about the things that I cared about. And I could just like speak so freely and bluntly about, um, issues specifically like got a, a lot of social issues um and we were all on the same page and that just felt so i don't know indescribable indescribably good like it was just really really cool so um if that idea mm-hmm. of pre-screened friends speaks to you at all um that is <laughs> also something here <laughs> Um, yeah, I also think it's interesting because even if y'all have differing views, because people in my cohort definitely had differing views, we still had a, a commonality that allowed us to discuss that right. more than any other group. I just, there's so many decisions and protests and thing, actions that people are taking in the world that I do not understand these days. Like, I don't understand the basis for it or like why it feels violent to me. Um, and so... Even having a conflict of opinion or understanding with someone else, but like in a space where we all kind of agree on the same thing, just feels different and feels productive and um, useful yeah. in a way that a lot of the other discourse on Facebook or elsewhere Does not. doesn't. Yeah. But yeah. That's a yeah. great point, too. Um, okay. But that's enough. NLC apps, check it out. Cat will link it in the notes. I, the last thing that I have to say right now is that I got an oil change. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. So good. But <laughs> I learned something that I don't know is uh, useful or exciting for anybody else, but I thought it was. So when I went to go um, pay for my oil change, um, they were offering a cat shield, which is not for pets, but for catalytic converters. Because in our city and like I'm sure many others across the country, um, catalytic converters are like popular to be stolen out of cars. And so, like, people might get a shield put in their motor area to stop somebody from from stealing it. But what was really nice, the guy told me when I was uh, paying, was that, yeah, or you could just spray paint it with orange spray paint. (laughs) And, like, people won't steal it because they can't sell it if it's marked like that. So here's a tip for y'all. If you don't want to get a cat shield, if you are worried about your catalytic converters, just get a can of spray paint and spray that sucker. And it'll dissuade uh, would be thieves from taking it. I guess I knew this was a thing, but I had not given it a second thought until until you shared this with me. And actually, I perhaps I need to Google like where it even is on my car because I have no idea. It's different, I guess. I do not know that much about it. I like how I'm coming here with a lot of authority, a lot of confidence. <laughs> um, no, but I think I guess it's different. So some cars are more uh, enticing than others of where the placement is. So like, for instance, Subarus, which you and yeah. I both have, um, are higher up. So they're harder to get to. So more or less likely to be attempted versus like I think a Prius mm-hmm. – 
might be lower too like where it's at under the car is like lower and where in ours it's higher yeah so you can just jack it up and like pull it out from the below is what i assume but i don't know cool well i'm just gonna take i'm just gonna take that info about the subaru and run with it and not worry about this but man (laughs) this is interesting helpful info what is it i mean (laughs) it's nothing it's nothing it's just the serious tip of the day thank you i don't know you're welcome you're welcome what's okay what else is new with you you're taking a week off Um, what else is happening during that break or what else is important i don't actually know much yet what i'm gonna do on my time off i have like thought about like planning something or going somewhere but it just felt stressful and i was like well the whole reason i'm taking a week off is to not be stressed so (laughs) i'm not i don't really have a whole lot of plans (laughs) um and it's like you played yourself i did play myself um but yeah, it just sort of felt like not planning anything would feel better. So that's what I'm up to. Uh, so I don't know. Time will tell. Stay uh, fair? We'll no. <laughs> While I have been thinking just, I mean, way too much about some of the food items there, specifically like this cheese brat stuffed pickle that's deep fried that I just cannot get out of my head. Um, Wait, I don't feel comfortable about it. being Cheese brat stuffed pickle. It's stuffed inside of the pickle? I'm not – I think it's, like, cheese in a brat, brat in a pickle, and then okay. deep fried. Okay. I need to find – I saved it. Some Something showed it to me on Instagram, and then I shared it, and someone said, oh, you can get those at the fair. And I've been like, oh, my – I've been thinking about it ever since. Um, but no, no fair for me, uh, mostly because of COVID considerations. And you know me. The only time I've ever been to the fair actually was when we went, Soraya. And listeners, you can, if you didn't, there is a mini-sode <laughs> where we talk all about oh it. God. It was kind of a big deal because my first time at the State Fair, which is, like, really rare for a Minnesotan. Um, and Soraya was, like, an, a beautiful guide to my first experience <laughs> with it. Um, but, yeah, no You just no have no concept me. because I am not, like, an avid fairgoer either. So that was really funny that it but seemed like I knew. I did. I remember. The fair, I mean, is memorable, I would say. Right. I think, I, okay, like, you and I had this idea this brilliant idea and i wish they would take it and run with it and make so much money off of it yeah. curbside ordering at the state fair would make so much sense if you mm-hmm. order in advance you have a time slot you can only go during that time they run around with little golf carts they have your food ready to go they would make so much money they really would. I do. I still maintain that this is a good business idea, though I will admit the logistics of it might be complex, especially because I think that the state fair was having trouble hiring enough people just generally. Yeah. But like if this could be like an outside thing and they could pay better, then people would tip as well. Oh, I just, you know, maybe that's just what we want. We want to just pull up in our cars and get like <laughs> the seven fair things that we desire and then be done. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a girl can dream, I guess. I mean, it is more than that. Like, I think about the agricultural or horticultural building and getting the little apple freezies and, I don't know, crop art, all that good stuff. So I, I too, won't be going. I think it's interesting. I was listening to NPR the other day, and, uh, you know, they have a lot of weird underwriters, uh, um, Noom, right? So, like, everything I hear from them now is like a grain of salt. I'm like, hmm. Do I is this actually a good company? Do not know. But it was interesting because they were advertising that they'll be at the state fair. And I was like, come on, NPR, please. And then they're like, but we're not trying to draw a crowd. So there will be no live radio tapings. We'll just have a booth there if you'd like to stop oh. by. And I was like, 
okay, well, all right. It makes sense. Like the fair is still going on. You are a big institution within the state. So it would be weird to not have it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, okay, all right. I'm less begrudging about this, I guess, and smart that they're not doing any live sessions. But still, I just – I just hope it's safe for everyone, not just COVID-related. There have been a lot of, like, dust-ups um, at some other fairs that I've heard about. And, like, please well, people are off. tense. Yeah. People are tense. We are the, – the people are te- – it is a tense time to be human in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think drinking and eating and being in close quarters on a hot day will help. But who knows? Who knows? Um, okay, so anyways, you're not going to the fair. Good answer. No, no fair for me. No fair for me. I guess the only thing that I would, in terms of like cat updates that I'll mention, is just like a little bit of a shout out, I guess. Like, so I've been dealing with some doctor stuff, and I just, I just really love Dr. Catherine Oyster, who we had on our podcast, who is my doctor. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh, it's just like doctor stuff is so much easier when you get along with your doctor and you know you can trust your doctor and you know your doctor is not fat phobic and you can say on the real like oh i need this like minor surgery to happen i will drive anywhere for a non-fat phobic provider and she's like okay here's the people you need to go to that's where you get the appointment boom i just like oh it is just so i don't know i just feel so fortunate because i know so many people do not have that so many fat people in particular don't have that um rapport or like just trust in their healthcare provider. So big shout out to Catherine. And maybe I'll tell you more about my doctor stuff once it happens, but um, it's nothing big, um, but still things that I'm just like so happy that I have a really awesome doctor for. Okay. Shout out to you because because of you and Dr. Catherine Oyster being your provider and us interviewing her, she is now my doctor as well. Oh my wow. god, I forgot that. Yes, yes, love it. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. What you're saying is absolutely accurate because on my first appointment, which is supposed to be like a consultation appointment, it was just like we knew each other a little bit, obviously mm-hmm. because of the podcast, but she's yeah. just so good. And the way that they do their intake for her clinic is that you have to answer all these questions about who you are, what you want, and so that they have an indication of what your health goals are from the jump and then can dive in even further. And she's just so – she's got it. You know, some people have yeah. that, I don't know, bedside manner or whatever, but it's just like talking to someone who is thoughtful, considerate, fun, like has her own personality. Yeah. Um, but just like so knowledgeable too. So yeah. Uh, I was looking for a new primary care doctor. And so I was just scrolling through profile after profile. And I'm like, are you fat phobic? Oh, there's some weird coded language in your bio. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is weird. And I was like, Soraya, why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> Just go see just Dr. Go to Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Catherine. <laughs> yes. Here we are. So Okay, can I? This is um, a, a, a very extreme side note, um, but you, Saraya, and also you, our audience, probably know one of my favorite podcasts actually just ended. It's called Cardishonet. I love the host <laughs> so much. I don't even watch the Kardashians, and also I love this podcast. They recently um, stopped that podcast and like started a new one that is like uh, a Patreon podcast. And I would, oh my god, I would, I would give those women so much money to listen to them talk. So that was not a problem for me. But they both go to the same therapist, and it's kind of cute. Sometimes they'll talk about their doctor, like you know, their their therapist, in in those terms. And I'm just like, wow, me and Soraya are just like Jess and Marcy because we go to the same doctor. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh. laughs> wow. Um, 
So let's just emulate a- every podcast that we enjoy <laughs> out there. Oh, man. But they've never had their therapist on their podcast, so I guess we are a step above. <laughs> I think that's probably a good thing. <laughs> it could be quite unique experience, truly. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, that's a whole lot. But you know what? Speaking of media things, I know we have so much media stuff to dish about, so we should get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, where would you like to start? Um, I think you should start with a show we've both watched. We were going to talk about a couple weeks ago and didn't. So, but we can talk now because this it's ended. The series ended for the season. Not the series. Sorry, the season ended. Season two of Dave on F. Which we watch watch it through Hulu. Yeah. Um, Just ended. And it felt like a very short season. But, like, honestly, who'd have thunk that I would stand, not stand, I would be such a fan and so invested in a show about a white rapper named Lil Dicky. Like, (laughs) and then I would also be like, wow, this is some great content. (laughs) I could talk you into watching it and enjoying it so much. But, like, I just, and if anybody knows who Lil Dicky is, it's like kind of a joke rapper. Like, people think of, think that and it's fictional but like based on his real life and I don't know it's just very well done it's they're doing some like very artful conversations on what it means to be uh, basically anybody except a white rapper in the music industry so Mm -hmm. you're still following his story but you're seeing all these um, ancillary characters and what their experience is you know how it is like being friends with him as he rises to more fame and it's just I don't know I don't know why why it captures my imagination so much it's so far away from the life I live but it's giving you like origin story and trajectory and Doja Cat as herself and like yeah looking into what uh, adult relationship with your parents are or I, I don't know it's just like goes into this very surreal space and then all of a sudden it'll have just like the most human moment Mm -hmm. And I don't really understand how they do it. Maybe because it's like very hyper self-aware and that makes Mm -hmm. it disarming or I don't know, like also like to follow a show that you can actively dislike the main character so, so much. So much. (laughs) He's just the worst. He's mostly the worst. Yeah. (laughs) Truly. Um, but like to still want to watch it, but not because it's um like Succession or White Lotus where you're watching like rich white people create their own demise. Um, it just like the character, all the other characters are captivating, and I think you know, Cat, what it really comes down to. Surprise, surprise! Oh, wait for it, wait for it. it. Was, what does it come down to? It was friendship all along. It was, it was friendship all along. all along, and I think that's why this show is just so so good. And if you haven't watched it, please try it. Please do. Yeah, and you won't like every episode, and you will not like some of the characters. But man, there is just like really good commentary and conversation on lots of topics that I just feel like aren't portrayed in that way on TV mm-hmm. um, and also I think this season in particular we got to really hear more from some of our favorite um, like, what do we say like side characters like Dave is like the main character right and then there's like mm-hmm. a, a small amount of like other characters that are there all the time or often yeah. Um, and yeah I guess yeah it was just and the, the finale <laughs> the season finale brought me to tears. I 
did not expect that a freaking little Dickies show would make me cry. <laughs> it was, I texted you, Sarah. I was just like, and now I am crying. Like it was, yeah. oh my goodness. And you told me, you're like, wow, that finale, wow. You had hyped it up a bit, um, yeah. but it was merited. Like it was, oh my God, it was so it was really good. So um, it is like a little bit of a specific vibe, specific taste. So if you, you know, watch a couple episodes and aren't into it, I won't fault you for that. But like, it is something that, yeah, Soraya and I fully endorse. <laughs> it's, it's really just good. some really great storytelling, which like yeah. I am a big fan of the show Atlanta and have been since it came out. Oh, yeah. And I think that gets compared with this a lot because it's like, okay, a rapper on the come up. But like Atlanta is about, uh, well, not Donald Glover, but kind of, right? Like that's his brainchild. And this mm-hmm. is about Little Dickie. But I just feel like they are so different mm-hmm. and yet also exploring just like these concepts of humanity in really beautifully shot and like organized ways. Um it gets weird. <laughs> it just gets very weird sometimes. And yet, yeah. I don't know. There, it still like has a level of connected to realityness that yeah. keeps me There are back. some very like cringy moments and some like definite secondhand embarrassment to be experienced. Yeah. Um, I would compare it actually to some of the feelings I felt in um, when I watched Pen15. How oh, it was like, this is very it. real. And also like, oh my God. Ugh, yeah. Like I'm just, I see what they're doing. I just, oh my gosh. It just makes me, um, yeah, it's this like cringy secondhand embarrassment kind of space, but, but like for good reason because it like gets to cool things to talk about you know within the within the the plot i know and we're trying not to give it away so we're talking in kind of abstract terms so like just say this dave watch dave yeah see if you like it we got we got some strong recommendations also there are very few shows that i'm like oh i can't wait until next thursday i can't wait until thursdays because that's when a show comes out and that's what happened with dave so that's fun to have that like nostalgic moment of being excited for a show that comes out weekly it's also fun i mean along the theme of it was friendship all along it's also (laughs) fun for us both to be kind of invested in it you know and like be excited to catch up with each other once we watch the episode that's not something you know i'm often just like watching a whole season on netflix or doing this or that but like being able to like look forward to an episode coming out and chatting about it is like a special kind of tv experience that's quite fun yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the other show that I got you, which is not as good as Dave. <laughs> no, but it's also won't. captured no. our imagination, and I was very surprised you watched the second season. Of. Okay. So the show Outer Banks on Netflix. Sarah <laughs> got me got me to watch it last year. Last last summer, the first season came out, and I was like, meh. You know, like it was it was kind of good, but I think. I was not super impressed. And actually, Soraya thought that I wasn't impressed at all. And then this year, the second season came out. And I I actually hadn't been on Netflix for a while because a lot of the things I watch are on Hulu. Oh, yeah. When I was going through Criminal Minds so much. And then also Frasier, my fall asleep show, is now on Hulu. So I hadn't been on Netflix for a while. So I got over there and was like, oh, my gosh, Outer Banks, a new season. Um, So (laughs) I I watched it. I was like, oh, I'm excited to watch. And I watched it and, like, was quite into it and talked to Soraya about it. And she was like, oh, yeah, I watched that a while ago. I just, like, didn't think you'd be into it because you did not seem impressed last summer. Yeah. And it's just, like, these kids going on a treasure hunt, like, doing very dangerous activities in the ocean. Yeah. And And they're they're so so hot and they're so filthy. (laughs) Like literally filthy, like dirt. Like there, we we found some articles we really enjoyed, and one of them was a breakdown of like 
did this person shower at all during this season? And no. if so, how many times? Yeah, it's a no. <laughs> it's a no. It's so gross. These beautiful people just like live on the ocean and eat watermelon for breakfast. That happens once. But like it's just so removed from reality at mm-hmm. every moment, which is like, okay, we talk about criminal minds so much, but it's like ludicrous, right? These decisions that are made and the chain of events that follow, I think that's with Outer Banks. It's like these high school kids who find well, I'm going to spoil a little bit. Like there's a treasure hunt and yeah. a, a series of murders. And mm-hmm. like it's also very much like the rich versus the poor, but they've created their own silly caste system based yeah. on some, I don't know. It's weird world building, but like I think for me, it just so captured my imagination in the pandemic last year because I was like, let yeah. me travel to this fantasy fantasy space where people are just like, doing the most and living it's like a grown-up weird version of the goonies kind of kind of yeah and you know i think for me it was like i they left so like i I think i can share this without giving too much away season one ends and like one kind of thing it's like oh this is like we some things wrap up but there's like a a couple things that are left undone and i was really curious like how is this even gonna go like we already figured out all this stuff in season one what else is there left to be figured out in season two oh but they found stuff to be figured out (laughs) they created yeah, they created oh, some weird. more, tre- yeah, treasure to find, historical events to uncover. They gave one of the characters more of a role in the second season, which I really enjoyed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. It's just, but it is. It's just truly absurd. Like, there's no way this could. I mean, isn't that what TV is? But there's no way that all of these things could have happened to these folks, and they could still be alive and kicking and chasing treasure. It's just, it's wild. It's also just, like, where are the parents? Where are the parents who actually care about the kids? And, like, sometimes it comes up, but, like, it really doesn't. I just... Yeah. I don't know. I clearly did not live this um, the same life as, as these OBX kids. Yeah. Going to the <laughs> annual bonfire. Like, it's just... <laughs> But also, I think it does try to hit on, like, some traditions. Like, I know in the first season, there was this big event where they crowned, like, the king and queen of summer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And there's this interesting, like, very rich, white, um, like, social class where it's like this. I don't know. So they try to tease. And then they try to, like, get into, uh, I don't know, history and, like, slavery a little bit. But it's poorly done it's poorly done but it's interesting yeah i I also think that like the commentary of like power and class like is poorly done and also it really helps it's like i don't know when you're again i don't want to give too much away but like in a town where like certain people in power can do anything and get away with it it's like when that turns to you and you're the victim of that like how do you how how do you make sense of it? And I so again like poorly done and also really really captivating. Somebody gets shot and then never takes a shower and they have like they die and they come back to life. Come and back to life. They're still wearing the same bloody shorts for the next two days. Like what? <laughs> There's a sibling that in the, one of the articles we read, they're like, "Is this person a ghost?" <laughs> they all show up occasionally and then are never. Around. It's like we will. Is- 
Yeah, let me find those two articles we really liked, and we'll link them, but don't read them until... I mean, if you're going to watch the series, like, watch the series and then read them. Yeah. And it's just so funny because it points out all of these, like, absurd things that you were thinking all along. It's quite... There, it, it, yeah, so would recommend, but, like, in a different way for Outer Banks. And then if you do watch Outer Banks, definitely read these two silly articles that we found to be just so fun. Also, are there any fat people? No. Oh, I actually don't think there's any fat people. Like, I can't even think of a one. I can't either. Oh, there's a couple maybe guys that are bigger. Like, the Pope's guy who... Dad. Pope's dad, maybe. And also, like, the guy who drives the boat in a couple... Not the boat at the end, but the boat at the beginning of the second season. You oh, know? sure. Sure, the bad He's, like, guy. <laughs> perhaps a larger lad. Yeah. But <laughs> the most don't... odious character. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Truly. Um, but yeah, no no good fat people that I can recall. Oh, wait. No, Ooh. he wasn't driving, but he was like the muscle for that group of people. And he kept being very clumsy and hitting his head. He was large. But he was kind. He was. <laughs> He was, but he still like kidnapped people, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's that's also true. Yeah, okay, so All right. not doing so good for fat stuff like also most Dave, of these shows. Also, not Dave good for fat stuff. No. Very not good for fat stuff. And actually I think there's probably some blatant fat phobic comments in Dave too. Yeah, there um, are. Yeah. It's cool. So, it's very chill, very cool, very LA. Yeah, uh, very ugh, but we're still watching it. Apparently. Um Okay. Okay. We talked so much about these shows. Okay. What are things that you've been watching that you want okay, to talk about? Okay, Freya, I have to give a Big Brother update. Oh <laughs> my <you>? goodness. <laughs> I sure do. We okay. are not going to talk about media on a fatish episode without me going on and on for a little bit about Big Brother. Whoa. Right. Okay. So this season is so good. I am pleased to report that all of the white guys have been voted out of the house, which is just, I mean, Good for everyone involved, if you ask me. Um, and there is, I mentioned before that this season is more diverse than other seasons before. It always feels just like the white jocks win is, well, I guess I haven't watched a ton of seasons, but it's just like there's certain people, certain personalities, mostly white people who tend to have be like, you know, have be preferenced in this, the, um, the game, the show. But this year, because it's a more diverse cast, it's different. And there are six black folks and they are in this alliance together. Um, and it's just, I, I I think they could be the final six. Like it's really going very, very well. Do you know about alliances in Big Brother? Like is any of this known to you, Soraya? Survivor alliances are the okay. classic alliances I know of. But Got no, it. no, none of no, none of this is known to me. <laughs> so Big Brother actually, is nothing to me. Survivor is not something that I've gotten into yet, but who knows? It could happen probably sooner than later. Um, <laughs> but I think that this alliance is so good because they are um, oh, they're just so smart about how they're doing it. And like all of the folks in this alliance called the cookout, all of them have like the kind of bestie that's not in the alliance. And it's just really allowing them. They like still have been going under the radar and, and things are heating up to a point now where it's like, ooh, depending upon who wins HOH head of household in the upcoming weeks it's like will these six remain safe or will things get mixed up a bit and it's just oh my god it's providing just really exceptional programming and I'm so into this season so it's great I also mentioned last time I talked about this that me and my besties did like a little like draft and so I have like my five players that I hope to win 
And I would like to report that all five of my people have not been voted out yet. Wow. So that's actually really good. However, kind of seeing how it's going to go, I don't, I, I, I'm certain most of my people will be voted out shortly. Um, and my, my hope for a winner is still Kyland, who is just such an attractive man and a kind soul, a real a dreamboat, a true a true babe, and one that I think is well positioned to win uh, Big Brother, and also is very well positioned to win anyone's heart. I mean, truly anyone. <laughs> I love that, and also you need to tell the people what you wrote for your note about Island. <laughs> They need to know. You can't let that go by. I see it here on the page, clear as Just day. Just notes, okay? Yeah. I, yes. I wrote. Stay I wrote. And also, hubba hubba, what a dreamboat. Like, seriously, a real and true babe. The hubba hubba sends me. Got you. <laughs> I was so excited to hear you say those words, and you didn't do it. So thank you. So you called you, me Marina. out. Yes, yeah. Thank I you. mean, this man. So in in Big Brother, there's like um, punishments, uh, which like sounds gross, but is like um, silly things. Like you have to wear this costume for the week if you lose this competition or whatever. And this man walked around the house in a donkey costume for a whole week and just continued to look hot as ever. Like, how is that possible? Oh my gosh, what a what a what a cutie. Yeah. What a real and, and just, true babe. A real and true babe. He just also seems so kind. The way he like communicates with people and tries to, I just um and of course he's a man so he'll disappoint us, but so far oh everything God. I've everything I see has been great. <laughs> wow, that is quite a <laughs> Oh my god. My my job in my job, I like I'm supposed to pick up on on moments and, and investigate them and, and open up space for people to reveal what's going on. And that right there is really just a giant flag. But we're in the media conversation; we can't talk about that. No, um, we can no. we can move on. Tell me, Soraya, tell me what else you've been watching, and also like maybe not just TV. Are there other? Have you been? You've been probably been reading a little bit as well. I've been reading and discarding books left and right. Um, oh. I'm trying – you have suggested some romance novels, and I do try to give them a fair shake. Like, I'll get, you know, significant, like, hours into them. Um, mm-hmm. But then I just, like – I guess I get so easily bored. Um, yeah. So, like, there have been – Well, and they're very predictable. Which I think is what it is. Like, if it's not, if the storyline is predictable, then I need like some hardcore character development or like the writing has to be very captivating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I don't like the stories, but it's just like if I can play this out, I don't know, I get it and I enjoyed it and then I keep moving on. So, like, The Kiss mm-hmm. Quotient by Helen Huang, um, quite good, but also I just got kind of bored of it. So, that's <sighs> disappointing because the writing was good and so good. I liked the characters, but it just was like, ugh, uh, there are like five people waiting for this and I haven't touched it in a few days. So, I guess, gotta set, send it back in the Libby app. Um, but we also, we, you mentioned to me also that like you've been listening and you know I always like to listen, but I think. Maybe the listening is making, I don't know, could it be taking away from the experience for you? Yeah, I think, you know, there is something to be said about having your own narrative voice, too, and, like, building out the imagery and the scenery and that. So I think if I had had a physical copy of the book and was reading it that way, 
would have torn through that. Um, mm-hmm. There was another book I got, la- uh, The Last Tang Standing, which I thought was going to be interesting, but then the character was just so unlikable, and I was just like, ugh, I can't, I can't. Unlike Dave, like I don't see any redemption here. Like mm-hmm. I don't see any other. Mm-hmm characters or development happening it's just like woe is me i'm rich and wealthy and nobody no man likes me and it's like i can't i can't do that um but i am almost done with uh the people we meet on vacation by emily henry which is i mean it falls under that chiclet uh area also when we interviewed kachina um oh my god was that last season was that this season that was last season. Oh, thank God. Okay. Wow. My life flashed. She recommended my eyes. the first one, or Emily Henry's uh, book from Beach last read. summer. Yes. Beach read, which we both read and loved. Yes. I very much enjoyed it. And so this is the new Emily Henry book. And I, yeah, I dig it a lot. It isn't, you know, unex- unexpected in the outcome, but I think the little insights about life and like belonging and. Um, I don't know, like running from yourself or I don't know. There's just a poeticness to the way that she develops the characters and their decisions yeah. that keeps me um, engaged. So I think that's what it is. But Sweet. Yeah. yeah. That so, one's on my list too, but I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Let me know what you think when I you will. read it. Yeah. I'm also reading Deshaun Harrison's Belly of the Beast, which just released and y'all, it is uh, very good. Um, it's just very good. I'm not super far into it yet, but every page hits and it just hits really well. And it's talking about how there are books about fatness. There are books about blackness. There are not books about fat blackness, specifically from a mask point of view. Mm. And it's like, yes, we need to have this theory. We need to have this literature. And I am just like so pleased um, that it exists and the way it's put together is just simply beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So I highly encourage a read of that. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. But other shows, uh, okay. Well, I think we should go back to our team outing and just talk about a little discussion we had because Lindsay, I think, I think it was Lindsay or was it Sophie? Oh no, I can't remember. But somebody suggested Love Island. And <laughs> one of my coworkers was told me that they were watching Love Island. So I gave it a go. I watched many episodes, but I, I don't think I can stick with it. But it's just like mindless and entertaining and gives you very big like middle school vibes. Like, I don't know who I'm gonna couple with. Are you gonna couple with him? Are you gonna couple with him? And it's just like so silly, but also somewhat entertaining. And um I think what got me thinking about my like the world's captivation with these dating shows that exist now, whether that be um, Love is Blind or Too Hot to Handle or Bachelor is just like there's this whole old generation of dating shows that I think have paved the way for how ridiculous these shows are now. And we were just talking about that at our team outing about the shows like Next and Fifth Wheel and Date My Mom and Room Raiders. Room Raiders. Oh my <laughs> Gosh, just a whole era of really bad, problematic dating going on. And so I just... And now we're all grown up and we want these other shows. <laughs> yeah, like, what is it? Sexy Beast? Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. Do you know the premise for that one? I'm not going to watch it. 
Did I don't you watch think it? I'll watch it. I don't. I did not watch it. I don't think I'll watch it either. I would. There's a lot of stuff I need to work through before I get to that. <laughs> before you hit the bottom of the barrel to it's watch not the, the bottom, show. but it's just not. Is there's a lot of stuff ahead of it. <laughs> oh my gosh! The premise is that people dress up like animals and then go on dates to see if true love exists, but they all look like they're actually quite conventionally attractive people, anyways. So I don't know. I so it's just know. a shtick. It's not for real. Similar to Love Is Blind, like cool everyone here is like very lovely and beautiful and so like the idea of oh is you know falling in love with someone before i see them (gasps) well it's like you know they're gonna be hot it's just a matter of like hot in what ways i feel like if you put you know a true variety of people in those situations it would go a lot differently but i think it would go poorly and that would not make for good tv so Mm -hmm. yeah um Okay, but I do have a different reality show that I am in deep as of yesterday. And Which are one? you ready to know? So this is why my sleep got so messed up last night. And it's also thanks to you, Kat, because you lent me uh, your Peacock password sure for did. streaming. And I found out that all of the Below Deck seasons are on Peacock. <laughs> Watch out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that show so much. And I cannot tell you why. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with the premise or the conceit of the show, it, it follows the charter season for a giant mega yacht and all of the staff who work there. Did you and say just... mega yacht or mega yacht? <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know their politics. <laughs> mega. M-E-G-A. <laughs> It's like a mega yacht. I love it. It's everything I ever want. No, no. I mean, I, I could, I could, you know, I could see there being some yeah. Venn diagramming happening yeah. with some of the guests, and it's all white folks for the most part. I'm starting out in season one. I know later on other people come on, but it's just like this weird slice of life and then you know there's this camera crew following around the staff and the people who come on board and it's just like so bizarre and so odd and um I yeah I I okay if you have you seen it at all Kat no you've talked quite a bit about Below Deck but I have not seen it okay well I've only captured it here and there because I haven't had cable and I haven't like watched it now I have access to all the seasons so just strap in y'all um but like (laughs) If you were on a yacht, what kind of position or like what role would you want to be in while you were working there? Oh, well, I would be very seasick. So probably none of them. Okay. But you know what I think would be fun? I would what? be interested in like working in like the kitchen. Okay. Like the um, maybe not doing like intense chef stuff, but like, you know, preparing th- trays of fruits and things for people. A sous chef, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Love that for you. I love that for you. Um, I would just want to be a guest. I know that wasn't how I framed the question. If that was an option, Saria, if that's an option, this is what I want for you. But for me, (laughs) wow, I would want to be a guest. But also, I would be so nervous to have that many people waiting on me. Like, that would not be. Yeah, to have a whole crew of people, like, just catering to your every whim. That feels very weird to me. Um, but also they have so much money. Like a regular tip will be like 
$10,000 for like four days of yachting. So like, that's the thing. Like, I, I do think that that's a weird space to be in with like people, so many people like kind of at your beck and call to like wait on you or like be there for you in service of you. But my perspective is like, if I had enough money to make sure all those people got paid like well, I'd yeah. be so into it. So into it. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe one day. I don't know. I don't know if we want it, but maybe one day. It's like the, all the all the shots that Lizzo has, you know, when she goes on private yachts. Oh, yeah. Similar to that. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I am done. That is all I have to talk about. Do you have anything else that you would like to share? I do have a few more media things. And then I think we have a few, like, fat-specific media recs that we should share. Beautiful. Um, I guess I would like to say that I'm looking forward to September. Speaking of Helen Huang, her newest book comes out August 31st. I will be listening to that right away. Um, but also in September, okay, it was announced that a new season of The Circle is coming out in September, and I'm excited to watch that and just, like, really hope there are fat people on that show this season. Uh, not counting on it, but hoping for it. The Big Brother finale happens at the end of September, so, you know, I'm going to be watching um, – I was going to say, like, I wanted to say all these words that aren't words, like – uh, diligently, virgently, vervent. There's so ma- there's so many words I'm trying to make into one word. Long story short, I'll be watching Big Brother um, avidly until nice. the finale comes out. Nice, um, and then also in in September, a lot of the regular shows come back, including all of my uh, unfortunately propaganda shows that I love, uh, like the SVUs, the 911s, etc. Um, but I will say this: like I'm in the mood. So right now, if I don't want to, like, pay attention to TV, but I want TV to be be on, but I don't want to fall asleep yet, um, I – my – my new old show that I've been watching is Modern Family. And mm-hmm. man, if that show doesn't make me laugh out loud sometimes, it is just very silly. Much of it doesn't age super well, but it's I'm I am enjoying making my way through that. So I'll be I'll be watching that for my fun show until until some of the other fun ones come back too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay, I know you mentioned um, Deshaun's book, which sounds awesome, and we'll also link in show notes. Um, But there's some other kind of fat stuff we wanted to share. And, oh, I have to tell y'all about this book, If the Shoe Fits by Julie Murphy. Soraya, I think I gushed about this to you already a little bit, didn't I? Yeah, but tell the people. Oh, it was so freaking good. And we are Julie Murphy fans. Um to be sure, she writes more YA, which doesn't tend to be where I fall in like the, you know, the rom-com read genre. But this book, If the Shoe Fits, was incredible. So, so, so good. And what I think is kind of fun is that it's part of this meant to be series that, if I understand correctly, was like commissioned by Disney as reimaginings of different uh, fairy tales. And so If the Shoe Fits is a reimagining of Cinderella. And something interesting, too, is that the next book to come out is going to be based on um, Beauty and the Beast. And Jasmine Guillory is going to author that. Oh, my um, and God. And you know, we are fans of her. So, yeah, Have so many things come together. Have just been listening to our podcast? I'm sorry, right? Disney, get us in the loop here. Disney. Come on. Because we're the yeah. only ones who know of these authors. Yeah. Very silly. But, Very silly. No, but say. these are authors that we've talked about here before. Um so yeah, If the Shoe Fits is like a modern take on the Cinderella story, and it's through this like storyline that is essentially a contestant 
on The Bachelor. Um, and it's, you know, I love anything reality TV and I love books that kind of let us imagine that we are in that world. Uh, and it was so, so, so good. And such a cool, Julie is so good at writing fat characters. Honestly, probably one of in terms of things that I've read, she's my favorite author to portray fat characters because she does so in a very honest, like matter of fact, matter of fact way mm, um, without going into like self self deprecating or like some of the the not so great vibes that I think a lot of authors um, do when they write fat characters, if they're fat themselves or not. Um, so it was a really cool way to show like a fat person being on a TV show and acknowledging all of the fat phobia around her without um, making her seem insecure or like she needed to think think less of herself. It was just like so well done. I also was a little skeptical because it was YA and then also like based on a fairy tale. And I don't love fairy tale-y kind of endings to, to stuff, um, which is silly because, you know, like like we've mentioned most of these like chick lit or like rom com <laughs> books like all follow a very, very specific, specific model. Um, but yeah, when they're too flowery, it kind of gets to me. So I was interested to see how that was handled. And it was just done so well. There are so many cute references to the Cinderella story without it being too, too much. And an example of that is like, this girl has the main character has stepsisters, but like they're not evil and they're very fun. And it was just like, oh, so stepsisters are here, but it's not how you would automatically think in a Cinderella story. I also, in terms of the romance of it all, I like learned this phrase. It's a closed door romance, which means we get all the lovey-dovey romantic stuff, but there is no sex. It's like a, oh, we're making out. And then like, the next morning, blah, 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 blah. You know? <laughs> so you like don't get sex, which is, you know, I, while I do enjoy a little bit of that or a lot of bit of that in the books I read, this was like just as great without it, which is kind of saying a lot. And then finally, okay, of my gushing, gushing, gushing about this book, um, I would 10 out of 10 recommend the audiobook. It was narrated by this person, Jen Ponton, 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 who is an actor and queer fat activist. And it was just like, really well narrated, really well done. And I'm saying this as someone who's quite picky about narrators. I'll listen to a whole lot, but like it takes it, it takes a, a, a true wonderful um narrator for me to be to be all about them. And I'm yeah, Jen was just a fantastic narrator for this book. Solid. I just would you I would just, you read it? Yeah, of course. I do like Julie Murphy. I haven't read every book by her but as you were talking I actually uh put a hold on on Libby fine so yeah and I hope that this is an audiobook that you get into like I I do believe this is like truly expertly narrated so I think some of like the listening things that you're not loving so much I bet that won't pop up for you in this one yeah no I think I will like Julie Murphy I, I've enjoyed all of her writing before and I've read it so I read Dumplin and then oh, I also yeah. listened to Faith Taking Flight? No, I haven't read that oh. one or listened to it. That one's good. Puddin? Yeah, the second one after Dumplin'. Yeah, I listened to that one and I really enjoyed it. And then there was this pumpkin one? Yeah, that's the third in that series. I haven't read that one yet. I haven't read that one either. So, yeah, of course. I really enjoy Julie. The way that she gives voice to her characters is yeah. so well done. And I think Just that expertly done. is very inviting so yeah cool i'm glad you could give us the deets on that 
It's um, not often we get fat we get fat characters in books. So when we do, I want to be sure to talk about it. You know, absolutely. You know what else we don't often get? What fat goddesses uh, collaborating? <laughs> it is of course Lizzo. Watch y'all. It's time for us to talk about the Lizzo and Cardi B collab for the song Rumors. Yes. Um, yeah, it happened. It's out. You've probably listened to it a few times. And it's a solid, solid song. I don't know. It's not like my favorite from Lizzo, but I'm not disappointed by it. And every time I listen to it, I just it's a little catchier for me. A little more. That's fun. the thing. I think I need to listen to it more because that's sometimes not necessarily with Lizzo, but just generally I'm kind of like, oh, the first time I listen to something. But then once it's like in the rotation, I'm like, oh, actually, yeah. Yep. I feel it a lot more. It's, it has some interesting like music behind it that makes it feel not of this time but also classic mm. too mm-hmm. i don't know how to describe it but i'm just i love when she gets to launch new music i actually am loving the way that she and cardi interact on social and you know yes i, I don't know if that was like contractual and all set up or not but whatever they're really really lifting each other up and i love to see it i love it a lot yeah so. Mm-hmm. And the video is fun in a lot of ways. I mean, I love like Cardi with this big pregnant belly, just like there being hot and cool. And I love how Lizzo has just all visibly plus size dancers that mm-hmm. are part of this group. And that just like the fatter the dancers, the better, in my opinion. I want <laughs> I want more of them. I want the the larger, the better in terms of who we're finding to be in these videos. And it was just really cool to see a lot of the folks that were there for this one. Yeah. So Lizzo Watch, that should be um, a segment that we have. I don't know if we'll ever get to that. We have <laughs> we to have like some good music. I mean, how yeah. could we not? Yeah. How could we not? Yeah. How could we not? Okay. What else? What else? Oh, I did want to just briefly mention another podcast that I wholeheartedly recommend. I think you do as well. Yes. Maintenance Phase. Um, Maintenance Phase from Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs. And I think that we've probably talked about it before on the podcast. Maintenance Phase has been going on for, I think, maybe like a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, they put out podcasts, I believe, every other week. Uh, it it came out around the time Aubrey Gordon's book, um, What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat, came out. And Sreya, you and I both read that book and thought just so highly of it. Mm-hmm. Um I think part of what I really enjoy about maintenance phase is that they tackle like very specific things, things that we reference. And like, for instance, they talk a lot. There's one episode that came out recently about the BMI and they spend an hour really deep diving and unpacking like the BMI, the history, what is wrong with it, why the system is flawed. And like some of our mini-sodes, we've mentioned the BMI and we've mentioned it a couple of times throughout the podcast as well, but like we have not dedicated an hour to a deep dive. Right. So I love how they're providing some really exceptional dare I say like reporting and definitely research on topics that really align with things that we care about and actually talk about and reference, but they're giving so much more context and just like talking about it a lot. So it feels like a really cool supplement to some of the things that we've talked about here on Matter of Fat. They just also have such good chemistry, which I think is what is so captivating for a lot of listeners and why it's taken off so quickly. Um, Yeah, I think Michael is a journalist and then Aubrey is an academic from what I can tell. And so they both have this huge respect for research and mm-hmm. like the scientific method, even if they're not like mathematicians or anything like that. And 
I, it's just captivating and also so fun to hear their reactions to things. And sometimes it's like, okay, that's a little much, but it's also because it's like you're talking with a friend and I'm sure we do that all the time too. So, um, yeah, I just, I have listened to a bunch of those episodes recently while I was working, you know, in between calls and like while listening to, while like answering emails and just doing other like admin work. It's just so cool to hear and learn about these concepts that I know to be true, but to get the background and like in-depth detail, while also feeling entertained is like yeah. hard to do and they've done a it really is. great job with it. Yeah, it's like very research heavy while also being just like so chatty and fun, uh, which is I think one of my favorite kind of podcasts to listen to. So I would say I think if you are listening to our podcast, you would greatly enjoy Maintenance Phase. Not so many Criminal Minds references, um, but a lot of really – Someone needed really to do good. it. <laughs> also like <laughs> – I would hope that y'all had already heard of Maintenance Phase before right. us chatting. I think we've mentioned it before a little bit too. But I will say what was really lovely um, in Deshaun Harrison's new book, um, in the foreword or the acknowledgement, mentioned Audrey Gordon in it. And that made it just like full circle for me too. It's cool. just like there is cool. such a specific community of fat liberationists out there. And so when you see them interacting and engaging and like acknowledging each other and the work they're doing – just feels real good. Like very, very good. So I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, this is a long one, Soraya. We've been chatting, haven't we? About nothing. About <laughs> below about nothing. deck catalytic <laughs> converter shields. I cannot. If you've made it this far, you're a real one. Okay. You're a real one. But you did have updates for us about have, something like, we talked about well, in our last episode a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I have like a kind of some fat stuff that's come up this week that I think will be really fun to dive into. Okay. Um, and like you mentioned, it does relate to stuff that we've been talking about just recently. So this week, um, so perhaps, you know, when you're listening to this, you'll be like, oh, last week, um, two kind of announcements came out about plus size brands expanding their size range and making different changes. And I want to talk about both of them. So the first that we saw come through is Old Navy. Old Navy has said that they're going to, I think effective from what I'm reading, effective immediately, though I haven't been to an Old Navy in a very long time. Kind of want to poke in to see if that's true. But effective like now-ish, they're going to carry up to size 28 in store. They're going to make size 30, but I think that will just be available online, though I think I would hope that people are pushing back at that and maybe that'll be in store as well. But part of the big deal with all of this is that they've committed to having plus sizes be the same price as all sizes, you know, so having everything and every size from probably like an extra small to a 4X, 5X. Wow. Um, It's going to be the same prices and then they're going to have it in store sized in the same areas. So there will no longer be a plus size section at Old Navy's. They will all be together. So that's what I'm understanding from like what I've read about this. It seems in some ways like a really big deal. And in other ways, I'm kind of like, meh. Um, But we can talk more about that. I want to mention the other brand too because I think there's some kind of parallels here. You might remember in our last Dirt and Discourse, we talked about this brand, Bloom Chic. Um, and they actually just announced, like shortly after this Old Navy <laughs> announcement, they announced shortly that they after be- our podcast episode. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> shortly after our episode, that they would be expanding to size 30. Um, and so, and that will be, if, uh, that'll take place by January 2022. So by uh, this upcoming January, 
everything that they're offering should be available in, well, I don't know if they committed to everything they have being up to size 30, but offering up to a size 30. Um, yeah. So there's like, so this feels like kind of very relevant fat news um, and a lot to be said about both, both of these things. So Soraya, do you want to, should we dive into Bloom Chic stuff or Old Navy stuff or kind of talk about it together? What are you thinking? Mm, I just, I don't like have a ton about the Old Navy update, just a couple of things that I've noticed. First, I first realized it, well, I saw an Instagram ad actually, but then later I saw Edie Bryant publicizing yeah. it because she's in the commercial for it. And it's like, that's very smart, Old Navy. Oh, yeah. To get the, the darling of fat media, in my opinion, to be in this. And also, like, I really like Edie Bryant. And also, like, I do not get that commercial at all. I was like, this is silly. This is not... I don't know. It's just a bunch of fat, beautiful folks, or like a very variety of people, I should say, um, dancing and like mm-hmm. in a warehouse, seemingly. And mm-hmm. it's cute. It's very old navy, and it's also like not that funny, in my opinion, and not that captivating. But it's fine. Um, so that was how I really found out about it. And then I do follow. I don't know her full name, Near and Shar on Instagram. Do you know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about? I do, but I also don't know the full, her full name. Charlotte something. In any case, she was a model for this release. Yeah. And so she went into an Old Navy store the other day. So I was watching her stories, and it was just like her seeing her face in this in this Old Navy store. And then like tearing up. And she's like, I didn't think I was going to get this emotional, but like – here I am in multiple places in the store. And then a bunch of the shop assistants came by and like took photos with her and took photos of her. And then they sent it out to their district manager to be like, oh, we have a model in the building. And it was just like cute. really cute. It was very cute. That's so it was cute. Very cute. So I that's actually all I, got. I did I did see some of that. I didn't I, I know that AD Bryant is in the commercial, but I actually haven't watched the commercial. So sorry, I should have done that before this. Oh well. <laughs> um you know, I think with the old Navy stuff, like I mentioned, part of it seems like pretty exciting, but also I just, I want to like, I'm feeling very like, I'll believe it when I see it energy to both of these announcements. And something I think is interesting. I don't have the receipts on this. Unfortunately, I was trying to do some research, but folks have been saying that like this type of thing has been done by old Navy before and has been kind of short lived. And one person I know who mentioned this, it must've been on their story, local, uh, Instagrammer thrifty fatty was talking about this. Mm. Um, and I wish I would have like saved stuff or paid more attention. So I could have researched it further, but I do know like old Navy has done some things like this saying, Oh, we'll have these things in store or we'll do this or have this and this thing, you know, and, and maybe it hasn't, um, it hasn't it's been like an exciting announcement but then really hasn't continued however i was i i skimmed it but i looked at an article about this and someone from old navy said that this was like the largest most integrated launch that they've ever done since their brand's inception hmm. so it feels like they are saying no this is big and we're doing this and so i think that that's exciting i i think another exciting component of this is um the idea that things will be priced the same. I think that's something yeah. folks uh, have been calling for for a very long time. So if that happen- if that is true, then I'm really impressed with that. Um, but something else that I think ties into this is the idea of like 
plus size sections and something that folks have talked about for a long time, which is like, you know, do we like the term plus size? Do we think that that's helpful? There is this like sort of drop the plus push several years ago. Um, And I think a sentiment that some people still have today, many people who wear plus sizes have, which is I just want to shop in the same section as my friends who don't wear plus sizes. Like, why is this such a big deal? Mm -hmm. And so I think for folks who feel that way, this is a big, a really big development for them. Um, For me, I personally think that like having plus size sections is still really important because there are so few brands that do have plus sizes. And for me, it's an indicator of like, do you have something that will cover my body or not? Like, it'd be nice to know this before I'm going to try to patronize you. Mm -hmm. But I do understand the desire to like want to be in the same section as everybody else. And I think that big picture, I hope that's where we're going as like a society, as a culture, as an industry of clothes. I just feel like it's going to be so long till we get there. Um, But that doesn't mean that places can't be making those changes now. And so like if Old Navy does everything they're saying they're going to do, cool. This seems this seems kind of cool. Yeah, it does seem cool. And also like that accessibility with the price point is what's most intriguing to me. And I know you said that, but I'm also wondering like how, right? Yeah. Like that has been the barrier for so many brands for so right. long. And so it's like, did you just make everything slightly more expensive to like go up with this logic that it, it does cost more? Or did you actually realize that you mass produce so many clothes that like it is marginal for you? to like yeah. actually do that. I don't know. I wish we had more information about that. I was also thinking just like, as you were saying, like, we just want to be able to shop in the same place with our friends or like family members. And like, I think about families and how yeah. back to school shopping is like old Navy centric for a lot of families that's and, real. and like how much that's going to help families for their budgeting and cost going to one place for everybody. Also like, yeah, your demo has to show the majority of the people who shop there are like, you know, Americans. And we know American women in particular are like higher sizing than what is usually projected or like, I, I don't know. It's just like, this all just makes sense. So of mm-hmm. course that works. And then another part of me is like, what else was the tipping point for this to finally happen? Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, my mind went to those like Instagram reels or TikToks where it's like, um, like a straight size person and then a plus size person. And they're like, we wear the same outfit, but like, and then they just like jump to the music and they switch oh, yeah. outfits. And I was like, I wonder if that played into it, right? Like how much has social media played into it with all these Shein hauls and all these clothing hauls? It'd be like, oh, we could actually have people wear the same clothing at different sizes because this seems to be captivating for people and then Mm -hmm. that's just brand awareness too so like why wouldn't we do that i don't know it's just curious those are all really interesting things to think more about for sure i will say like one thing that is not that exciting about this is that like if we're going to a size 28 they said also 30 but 30 uh, with what i was seeing when they announced it would just be online yeah size 30 is not the end all be all of people's sizes right um And so that's a consideration too. Like, yes, this is more than going up to a 3XL, but it's still leaving people out. Um, And so I think that that's something that needs to be named too. Yeah. And like how many of these sizes are you going to have in any store at any given time too? Yeah. Um, also, also like, I, I, I think that, you know, you were wondering, like, is some of the stuff that's happening on social media influencing this? And like, what, what prompted Old Navy to do this? 
I bet there's multiple factors. And I mean, we can't forget that there have been people who forever have been calling for this from Old Navy and other brands. And more recently, Saucy West and this, you know, hashtag fight for inclusivity boycott. I don't think that this boycott in the last like month has made this happen so quickly. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I have to believe that that work has put has has been applying pressure to places. And I hope that that's part of what has um, helped instigate some of these changes. Oh, it's interesting that you use the term applying pressure because recently we, and know we talked about this, but we saw this post from Ashley Chubby Bunny on Instagram who said, look at y'all, look what happens when we apply pressure with the fight, fight for inclusivity and other things. And she was actually referencing Bloom Chic and their uh-huh. news. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know about that. Yeah. But I just, it was so interesting to see these things that we had taken time to dive into and look into and then all of a sudden see them coming to the surface with yeah. this, like, Bloom Chic news. So. so the Bloom Chic news also came out this week. And I am just so curious as to like how and if these things interrelate. Like if the Old Navy news had some push for Bloom Chic to be talking. I I don't know, but it just seems curious that it happened so, you know, in in such quick succession. Um, Yeah. And I guess the Bloom Chic set, like, cool, you're going to size 30. That's great. I I read about this in an article that we'll link in the show notes from the Curvy Fashionista, but also it was like sponsored by Bloom Chic. So the main piece that I could find about this expansion from Bloom Chic was sponsored by Bloom Chic. And I know like that doesn't mean that everything is not um, honest or fair in a piece. The person who wrote it is like does a lot of really great work around fat stuff. So, you know, that's I'm not saying that like we can't take this um, their word for it, but I also think it's curious how <laughs> the one thing that to announce this has it looked as if it was like in partnership with Bloom Chic. Um, Okay, but Bloom Chic has been yeah. doing that. I mean, that's why we talked about it in our last uh, Dirt and oh, Discourse. Yeah. It's because mm-hmm. they partnered with influencers to host this dinner. And this yeah. is prior to them even having sizes 22 on yeah. their website. So, yeah. like, and yeah. so I think it's really clear that Bloom Chic can really talk the talk. And I think this is due in large part to their person, their person who is the director of social media and community, Nicole Phillips, who worked for Torrid for some time, who worked for Eleven Honoré for some time. Um, I imagine it, it is due in large part to her influence that like the things they are saying, like in that piece, um, in the Curvy Fashionista the quotes from her are just, they are spot on. It is really clear that they have um, a true understanding of what plus size shoppers are looking for in a lot of ways and are really um, wanting to, to, to deliver. One example of that is like in the piece, they talk explicitly about size charts. Like, yeah, we're going to go up to size 30. We want to be careful and thoughtful about this because if the size chart doesn't reflect like where actual people's sizes are, you know, what is the point even, which is exactly what we've been saying. So it's clear that they're listening and trying to implement some of this stuff, um, which is, yeah. So, but similar to the old Navy thing, I just really am interested to see how this will play out. Like this sounds great. Um, We're talking the talk here, folks. Like, how will this walk be walked? Will every piece go up to 30? Will there be an opportunity to expand beyond size 30? Um, Will they really be talking about how, like, sustainable things are when we know that there's a lot of pieces to a business like this that aren't super sustainable? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I also, okay, 
So I have so many thoughts. I really like reading this article made me think, especially because we had gone so in depth about this before. Um, I just have so, so many thoughts and maybe one more that I could share if that'd be okay. Just one. (laughs) No, I don't care. So in the Kirby Fashionista article, um, they also noted that the, that Bloom Chic is been in collaboration with the plus bus which is a plus size resale shop in la similar to cake i mean different and cool but a similar concept to cake right and they said that they um like have sent some of their returns and photo shoot samples to the plus bus and they shared that um to talk about how sustainable of a brand they were so like of course my ears perked up when i heard that and similar to the questions you were wondering about old navy like what are the details of all of this those things um were had stuck out to me as well like what are what are the details of this arrangement with the plus bus like yeah is that a good is that collab a good marketing move for the plus bus or not you know of course I'm like going to insert myself into this if bloom chic were to reach out to me and offer my shop that kind of collaboration what would I say you mm-hmm. know like Kanye voice I guess we'll never know because they haven't and didn't and probably well, won't they might. but like what would I do um and you know like a business prospectus you'd ask for like who is making these decisions because i mean much with old navy and through everything you've been saying i've just been like who is making these decisions and what what are they actually asking because you're right like they're saying all of these things right what is the actual goal in doing this and if you have an answer for that then it might be a very good collab i think we're so hesitant with bloom chic because it seems like very small venture capitalist backed like Chinese-based group that wants to do international expansion. So, like, in my mind, it's like, well, that's not accessible. That's not good for the environment. That's not XYZ just because of the models we see out there right now. Um, But who knows? Maybe they're doing something different. I I don't think so. But Right. And I think it's probably really clear, like, with me, with going on and on about all of these thoughts and, like, my general tone here, like, I don't want to like Bloom Chic. And at this point, I do not like them. <laughs> but taking a step back, like, it is really clear that they are trying to do a lot of the right things, um, meet a lot of the needs of, like, the plus size community in the business world, what we call pain points, right? Like, what are the things that customers complain about and how can you um, swoop in and fix those things for them? It's clear that they have their finger on the pulse of a lot of that. So I don't know. Maybe I'll change my tune at some point here. <laughs> okay, but the name is not good. And I hope this doesn't diminish any chances you get to partner with them. But like, this name is not good. No. Also, Soraya, I hope it's clear. I don't want to partner with them. I know, but I just I think very mindful be, that I'm saying I know, right now. And- I know. And me too. Like, maybe I will be mad, you know, next year that I've, like, trash-talked Bloom Chic and <laughs> Bill, who we called a breaks vision? apart. <laughs> we disband because of your <laughs> lost business opportunities with Bloom Chic. Like, I, but, I like, know. I just, I don't want my shop's name associated with this brand at this point. Like, at this point, I'm, it's it feels as if I would be in cahoots with Shein, and that just feels... Like, I'm just actively not into that. Um, but again, I die. Hubba, hubba, hubba. I mean, who knows where this will go? But I think both you and I come at the this news with a really healthy sense of skepticism and a true curiosity about, like, Who's making this, these decisions? Where's the money going? What's really going on here? 
Poofta, y'all, we've come to the end of an inordinately long fat dish episode, but we made it. Thank you for staying tuned. I loved it. And I hope y'all did too. Always love spending time with you and being in your podcast rotation. Um, and as always, y'all can visit us at www.matterfatpod.com where you're going to find those show notes that I write and Kat adds uh, links to, transcripts, info about us, access to older episodes, and so much more. Um, one note we want to share is that we won't be having a September pod look, but look forward to getting back into it on the first Thursday of October. Yeah. And, you know, now is the time where we share shout outs uh, in the outro. I will share a big old shout out to everyone engaging with us on social media and especially sharing our stuff on social. We really appreciate you. We do appreciate you. And we know that it's like hard if you don't use Apple Podcasts. So if you want to leave reviews elsewhere, and I didn't talk with Kat about this, but like give us a heads up. I mean, I shout you out for sure if you let us know where you're reviewing. But if you are able to pop onto Apple Podcasts and give us a review or if you do send us some fat cash on Venmo, we would love to share your name out in our next episode. Mm -hmm. But for this episode, we want to give a big round of applause to Josie for your incredibly generous contribution to our fat cash fund. Thank you so much for helping us do this work. We are incredibly grateful. Yeah. And as always, it is never expected, but always, always appreciated. And with that, we've officially come to the end, y'all. You sure? <laughs> sure you don't want to go another half more hour? Thoughts, more things. <laughs> okay. Until next time. Make it to time. two hours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is not anticipated, but we love it. Until next time when we're back with another episode of Matter, Matter of Fat. Matter of Fat.